Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Music Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Rose. So if you did check out last week's episode, we did delve into um, the mainstream aspects of popular music, or rather the philosophy of popular music, the how popular music affected the society. I know I did say that I'll come up with a topic title, and I did. That's it. Just be happy with it. Society <laughs> and popular music. So... Going still following the trend of uh, mainstream music this week, uh, I still have uh, my friend Christina on. Hey, Christina. Hello. Yeah, and if you have been a fervent listener of this podcast, uh, I have again Arman Malik, the jazz professional. Hey yo, <laughs> jazz professional slash again. yeah slash uh, Pokemon trainer, right? Gotta catch them all. <laughs> so following uh, again I say following the trend of uh, studying about mainstream music we are now looking into the underground sort of way but not like rock or like metal scene or whatever if you know me well enough you know that I love the topic of jazz and since we have since we have these two uh, different heads not head mm-hmm. of the in the industry, as in like two people studying about the different sides of music. So I just thought of bringing them together. So again, I, I tell you guys, thank you so much for being here today. And we're just going to discuss about this whole problem statement. Okay? It, it's a problem statement, how I just like randomly call them up one day and just like, like I was just like uh, Dr. Dr. Brown. Emnet Brown from Back to the Future and just like, guys, I have a theory of why jazz can't be popular music. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, let's start it off. Uh, Christina, let me just pick your brain on this one. Mainstream music has to be, uh, you know, referred to as popular music. It's mm-hmm. consumed in Spotify, on Apple Music, on iTunes, or whatever you create, you put online, right? And because of all yeah. these... Uh, regulations on these contracts or these official registrations and everything it needs to be original music you can't plagiarize you can't pirate it you can't create is that true yeah yeah you, if you have if you want to distribute it it must be an original work that was not uh, copied unless there's a few regulation in which you can do a reproduction of others work but usually what happens people will usually upload their original work yeah Okay, and uh, and we'll get to that in a, in a minute. And Arman, on the yep. jazz side, musicians and players just generally use solos, late motifs, licks, and just like uh, you you mentioned last time, quotations. You just quote yes. from familiar music, which is a yes, common right. habit. So that's like undeniably true, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, quotation in the art of improvisation goes way back because um goes way back during the inception of the music because what you essentially have is um you need somewhat of a common language or it's sort of it's one of those it's it's like meme culture back in the back in the turn of the century at around the 1900s where like when you're hearing this new kind of music it's especially jazz as a new music at the time you need some sort of familiar phrases or vocabulary that people already know, like probably quoting something from classical works like a Mozart um, concerto or a Beethoven symphony, 
like just one or five notes that make it almost um it's it's one of those devices that captivate or engage the listener as if you know it's as it's it's making a reference that's yeah. meme culture for that it's meme culture for the 1900s that's like I, I guess that's how you can sum up coding yeah and and that's a that's a very good way to put it uh meme culture so if you can follow the strain of thought my my theory for the reason that jazz can never be popular music is exactly with this contradiction i i've been asked before why um it's more more of a debating question more of a thought-provoking question rather than an finding an actual answer question, why jazz could never become popular music or mainstream music today. And back in the day, uh, like I said, if you, if you did delve into the episode before, we were always talking about music has a function. And back in the day, jazz was used to uh, promote a sort of message, a form of rebellion. Uh, again, we won't go mm -hmm. into the whole history of why jazz came alive, uh, you know, people starting with like blues and then ragtime and so on to uh, rebel against the oppressive, oppressive uh, authority uh, that was held against the uh, African-Americans back in the day. But with this train of thought, don't you guys think that because of this, this whole uh, culture of I'm going to take this solo, I'm going to play this solo, I'm going to uh, that's already copyright infringement and then you go somewhere else and then that's also another copyright so you're paying like ten thousand ten thousand ten thousand dollars like fines like left right and center so it can never be official mainstream music yeah so what what are your thoughts on this so you guys you guys are saying like uh, when you guys are doing the solo part, it's a kind of if uh, the modern would say kind of at least it's a improvisation, right? Then suddenly yeah. you guys in the the what you say just now the quotation from the music that you used to listen to, but even mm -hmm. from the mainstream side, everything that you perform live, it is fine to have uh to do an improvisation on the spot because it is not something uh, to yes. record it. Uh, there's no um, so specific clearance or payments that need to be done there and it is fine actually to perform it like that uh, but from Bobby what the thing that you asked about why jazz cannot be popular mainstream because of that things I am not really sure with that because uh, the case is different I think because jazz is something that Every time it's been performed, it's something new. It's being something new. It's create something new. But what in the mainstream is usually something that already fixed. We hear it like that. Or usually happen like that. Unless mm. on the live performance, it's only a bit different. When, uh, for example, on NJL, they did a bit of different arrangement, something like that. Which is in this case, it can refer to the jazz side also. Which like for the live performance, they did a different arrangement, uh, a different style that. Uh, from the original musical work. So, yeah, I'm going on the loop right now. I'm not really answering your question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bit waffling. <laughs> yeah. So, le let me ask you uh, a very simple question. What can be used? What can be used? Yeah, I mean, like, what actually allows uh, 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 Maroon 5 uh, memories they they took that uh river flows into you 
No, not river flows into you. I I can't remember the the name of this. Pam pada dam pada dam pada da 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 da. Canyon, yeah. is it? Yeah, canyon. That, there you go. Um, that can be uh, most of the industry people use it as uh, they would call it as a reference. They will pay a, a certain fee to the original composer in which actually they are adding the the original composer name into their songs. So the original composer actually have a share on the new song because they are using the melody line from the original composer. So this is called as well they say we call as reference, but actually it's kind of like the popular word would be sample. They were, they were saying like they're using the samples. Yeah, so they will be using it. So the things would be the original composer will have a share on the song. So Adam Levine just called the the, the original composer and just like, hey, you're going to get more royalty, man. Just like, <laughs> something like that, right? I mean, like, hypothetically. Yeah, but supposedly something like that, yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so, Arman. Yes. Do What's the culture on recording jazz performances? Like Christina did mention about, it has to be recorded if you're performing it live. It, uh, it, it's, it's it not really. For, yeah. It's fine for an improvisation or a new arrangement. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So okay. how how does the culture of recording jazz music works? To re- well, the concept of recording jazz works is the same as recording live performances, um, at least in most cases, because you're improvising, and when you improvise, it is not something necessarily premeditated. It's half. It's half premeditating, like half preparation and half spontaneity, like the, cre- the creative side where the preparation comes in when it comes to like knowing the core, knowing the chords to a song or having a certain melodic concept or a theme that you want to go and develop upon. And then, t- and then when it gets to the creative part, when you p- actually play the music, sometimes the ideas that you already had premeditated in your head don't come out the same way maybe not 100%. And then the quoting, quoting comes in because if it's in the case of a single instrumentalist who's quoting a line that, you know, it doesn't really justify the grounds for it to, to seek a license or um, infringe. It doesn't, yeah, it's, it doesn't um, justify anything to like, it do, yeah, it, it doesn't require you to re- um, get a license for copyright because it is essentially you, you're playing the melody, but it doesn't fully represent the song that you're uh, plagiarizing or okay. quoting. Because, like, from in my experience, you've in order for you to actually um, infringe copyright of an existing work of other people's IP, you would have to actually have this almost the same, essentially the same instrumentation, like. That includes the beat underneath it, the harmony below it, and as well as the melody in its um, original instrumentation. So, like, if it's just a if it's just a saxophonist or a trumpeter quoting a pop song, it's even like whether it's in or out of public domain, um, the, it's it's not uh, justification enough for for it to be sued for a performance to be sued because again. The, spontane- the spontaneous side of improvisation sort of uh, forgives that because you, pr- you like half of the time you don't 
like nobody or no jazz musician ever goes into thinking I'm going to quote that Maroon 5 song. I'm going to throw in a bit of that. No, it's, it's sort of, it comes spontaneously and it comes at the spirit of the moment, which is what jazz is essentially about. It's like, it's like rap. Rap is essentially another African um, American culture and art form that uses spontaneity, but on a level, the level in where it uses verses and words spontaneously coming up with um, rhyme and um, commentary in the form of ver- in verbal form as opposed to instrumental melod- melodic form. Awesome. And uh, I, I know for a fact that that's not really accurate, right? There is a, there is a law nowadays that you can't even quote, you can't even borrow. I mean, sorry, when you play even a part of a song, it doesn't need, uh, like what Aman was saying, like the rhythm, the beat, the harmony on top of it. But essentially, a song exists uh, based on its original melody. Mm. Right? Isn't that that? Okay, let me get that. Uh, the, the IP actually is belong to the melody line, the, the main melody of the song. Because the arrangement, uh, I'm not sure if, about overseas, but in Malaysia, there's no royalty or there's no um I would say no there's no copyright for arrangement. So if like in a song uh and you quoting the the background, the instrument instrument uh arrangement, for example, there's a melody, melody singing at the front and there's a, a nice instrument line at the back and you're quoting that, that is fine because arrangement do not have any core copyright or royalties, but it's the, me- the main melody the melody line. For example, just now Bobby say that Kenny Indy, that is the main melody line. So if you are quoting that, that is already considered as a plagiarism or something like that. Yeah, because that's why it's very complicated. I know that how that the jazz um, side works like you, goes, you guys, uh, it is spontaneous thing that you guys is uh, not planning, is in the mood. Sometimes you just perform and suddenly it's leading to that, quoting that song or play that song. But yeah, that, 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 is, that is the competi- uh, the complicated part because in mainstream and all, that is, uh, it, once you perform a melody from one song that already exists, it's already considered as plagiarism, no matter how long or short hmm. is it. Hmm. Okay, so if that's the case, right, does that mean uh, I, I know one of one of your tasks at work uh, is you go around listening to watch this film if they play this yeah. song. Watch this film. Yeah. So if you have like a hundred people, a hundred songwriters, a hundred composers under your care at the company, so your job is to go through this whole new movie and say, oh, in minute 58, they played this song under songwriter A. So, you know, we have to call them up they have to pay royalty or whatever. Do you actually do that for like even jazz works? Or is there somebody, a, a hypothetical person that will go around and listen to Arman Malik's performance suddenly having uh, P. Ramli's line that goes like, as he is soloing suddenly. Da, 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 da. So is there somebody who might do that? In my experience, I don't think anyone in the jazz community, well, I'm sure there are, but n- no one I've met or no one there hasn't been made prominent an issue where um, record label owners are that pedantic with, especially when it comes, or anyone that's particular about sourcing or sussing out um, infringed or quoted 
uh, IP because well one um, it's well one for well, for a number of reasons one jazz jazz is evolving in its own um, in its own form it's no longer it's no well it still is but it's no longer a mainstream counterculture as as it would like as as it was back then for I guess today's counter counterculture is probably music like rap mm-hmm. or or um yeah rap and hip hop whereas jazz now they've probably everyone's come up with their own um sounds it's it sounds more like in my experience it sounds more like um a parody of uh a parody of cinema soundtracks move move movie OSTs than it is mm-hmm. counterculturing um jazz music so and it's become part jazz, of the entertainment uh, industry yeah it is pretty much because jazz like jazz like any other music has evolved in this aesthetically sound aesthetically mm-hmm. over decades just like any other music so the point where like what was aesthetically mainstream back in the 50s is more commercially viable now in the present day in because simply because of um simply because it does it's not as relevant it just it just remind it's just a reference or a reminiscent of a period of a bygone period so it's like it takes like another 50 or 7 years for it to be socially acceptable and um palatable yeah so uh i think of I think I've got off tension. What was the what was the question? Do you think somebody out there actually goes around like uh going through jazz performances, jazz recordings and spotting those um uh plagiarized solo lines? There are, but but there but I have two but there um but the problem is there are too many works out there created jazz like especially with Spotify platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. and to with music created based on just the 12 note system and the copyright infringement based on that equal temperament 12 note system there are far there are too few notes it's finite to plagiarize every yeah it's finite like at some point we will run out of original musical ideas yet music has evolved out of copying each other musicians have created music by ste- well stealing or getting inspiration from other musicians so so just to summarize you have far too many musical styles and works out in the open built and written upon very few i mean written very few variety and choice of notes and few permutations like we only have 12 notes so at some point the pursuit of copyright infringement becomes a becomes a weary and unnecessary uh expenditure of energy and time yeah it's it's just it's it's just too difficult to police ah. naturally <laughs> well that is true actually yeah but as for um yeah if just now you say that we go around searching for so if we do have a songwriter who in the jazz field he composed his own song Yeah, we we still monitor if he perform. We ask him around if his song was played in the movie, and we still monitor. But if you say that we are monitoring the person who are performing and suddenly quoting during their solos or something, quoting other people, I would say I don't think there's a 
person who go there because like you say jazz is not jazz is not a mainstream in Malaysia right now and uh most uh people in the industry we don't even know where is the platform of this jazz people like uh this is uh for to for <laughs> no I'm sorry for that no I'm uh this is what you I mean no there's a difference for label and publishing work. For publishing, mm. okay, for just now, I say when you just perform it's live, it's fine because mm. the label cannot touch when you perform it live. The label only hold the master recording, something that has been recorded. If you use, you mm. go to the concert and you suddenly play the 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 recorded while just miming or something like that. Yeah, that's when the label goes goes in. But if you perform uh-huh. it live, it's already not a uh uh master recording already. So it only belongs to the publisher, which is li- relating to the composer and author of the song. So oh, that's okay. why, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. yeah. So when you because, want to perform huh? live, when you want to, for example, you make a cover or something, you want to perform live, you don't have to go through clearance with the label, but you have to go through clearance with the songwriter, which is the, also the publisher. Like you have to go, if they have a publisher, you have to go to the publisher. But if like, mm-hmm. say you guys are performing your own song and study at the solo part, you are quoting other people's song. Uh, I think I can say, I can sure of this that no publisher know about this because what our publisher in Malaysia is still kind of uh, still, up, still growing, <laughs> I would say, still yep. growing. And mm-hmm. even my job, mostly what we are doing, what we are monitoring is all digital right now. We are watching yes. the YouTube, mm-hmm. there's uh, someone upload a concert and, uh-huh. and in, uh, people using a concert or something like that. But we never go down to the feet while going to a concert and listen to it. We only know if we do have a sorry our songwriter who perform a concert, we will ask them for the list that perform the, the song that they are performing. That's all. So we don't okay. really go one one concert and oh suddenly they're quoting our song. No, that not yet. No, of course, yeah, yeah, that's very understandable because I mean it's easier to police our recorded performances because essentially you're putting out something that can be because as an artist you're putting out something that can be replayed over and over. And it is and whatever material that's or music ideas that's on there, whether plagiarized or original, it has um, you have the choice whether to keep it in and risk infringement or edit it out and not and just basically omit it from uh, public uh, public domain, <laughs> public yeah, public um, domain, exposure. Yeah. But it, yeah. it's true. But the the point that you say that. All song actually kind of referring each other right now. Actually, that is quite the same. Uh, they say they are saying that the plagiarism, as long as um, you heard the song or it sounds similar, it's called plagiarism. But if it is defined, actually you can use same melody line but different arrangement. It's already sound kind of different. That can still consider fine line. That can still okay because mm-hmm. we like you say. There's no like really really new music right now. Every yeah. every music you got reference from there from there. So there's always some similarity in each song. So yeah. And and it's true when when you put it that way. Uh, you can just take the same melody or uh whatever melody that was made, and then you just change mm-hmm. it a bit. And I know um for example if I write a book, it's mm-hmm. yeah. if I if I write a book and I say uh. No, I'm talking about uh, harmony, the theory of music, and blah, blah, blah. And there's only a finite uh, number of melodies that can be created from the 12-tone system. That, mm-hmm. I, I, I will be in, um, almost, 
touching that uh, infringement part. So I have to avoid the plagiarism by saying Arman Malik said that there's a finite mm. uh, amount of melodies. Or, yeah, an uh, argument. Yep. Yeah, or I can like literally quote uh, Arman Malik. Uh, sorry, there's a finite number of melodies that can be created and then in bracket Arman Malik and then at the very least, I exercise the, he gets to exercise his moral rights, if not his economic mm. rights. Right? So like the financial aspect of it. But yep. there is still somebody who would check that, A, this one, this guy actually said at this time from his TED talk back in 2005, now it's 2021, you're writing this book and you know you can sort of <laughs> still tie it together. Yeah. You touched on a very interesting um, uh, topic about recording or paraphrase, like paraphrasing, I would say, mm, in mm. a sense, essentially paraphrase, paraphrasing musical ideas <laughs> where, okay, so this is interesting because, quote, I, ouch, <laughs> as I was saying, um, with, okay, back in the 1940s, in, during the bebop era, the era of Charlie Parker and uh, Dizzy Gillespie, uh, what um, because bebop didn't essentially have its own original, um, like it didn't have its own original repertoire developed from scratch. It actually, the repertoire of uh, bebop, bebop jazz, was built upon the harmonic framework of existing uh, songs at the time. Exactly. So let's say, yeah, this is like what Cherokee. we call like Cherokee. Okay, Cher- yeah, based on Cherokee. Mm. Or like this is what we call contrafacts. This is um, it's the way <laughs> it's a it's an it's a loophole that jazz musicians um, exploited by taking the harmonic framework or chords of an existing popular song and reharmonizing it and adding a new melody on top of it. So like with um, Cherokee, you have Coco, which is <laughs> essentially Cherokee, a uh, Ray Noble's Cherokee, but it's like played three times as fast double time yeah and with yeah double time and like the chords are are just harmonized three or four times over and mm-hmm. based on and based on you know the un, based on uh the jazz understanding of reharmonization so it's not something so having a run-ins with uh, copyright infringement is not something new for jazz musicians we've always found ways to create music albeit through exploiting loopholes so considering <laughs> considering the um, Malaysian publishing uh, sector is not as developed it's it's still a way for us to you know exploit <laughs> we'll find ways to prosper economically <laughs> okay that, so that's a fair way to put uh, uh, that to explain about soloing and quoting from other people you know uh, especially mm-hmm. with the, the fact that you said like you can record it and there are a lot of works but even when you put it out on uh, on YouTube on Spotify it's still not as uh, widely received or like uh, widely consumed by the general public compared to like me- mainstream music so now what about actual mainstream music because I know the other face of jazz is taking uh, an already already existing uh, piece of work and just mm-hmm. you know it that it's a perfectly it's a nice egg and then you just beat it <laughs> and it just <laughs> comes out the other side in like a whole different like 
you recently worked on uh, one of P. Ramli's uh, songs, right? With, with your right. orchestra at, at uh, uh-huh. Sarawak. How, how does that work? Talking about oh, the that? music business side. Oh, okay. Um, when we performed... When we, when we performed Guitar and Jiwa and when I arranged it, it was for state functions for government. Yeah. So, like, I guess it's a really interesting case where if you're performing a piece of music as requested by a minister, like, essentially, like, we're being paid off by, we're being paid off by the government who asked us to perform these songs, like, even though they're, they're not mine. I, obviously, I don't claim to own Pyramid's music, but um, that's I. It's something that never crossed my mind because I figured, like, if if the state government is sponsoring or paying me to write and perform music for them, then, like, I guess the cop. I, I suppose the copyright stuff, if there's any infringement, that will be on them rather than us because we're commission. I'm commissioned by a higher authority. As opposed to a public entity. This is literally like, why did you play that? He told me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, essentially, because you know, <laughs> like I'm we so like. Uh, I might tell us more, but later on, I'm gonna cut in on that. Okay, go on. Okay, okay. So, like, I have, I have no, I, I have no experience of any interventions on copyright because I've played it for, I've had it. Um, recorded and played for RTM I've had it played on TV I've had it played on um, I've had it played for the Prime Minister like like I'm talking about like playing in front of our like the highest ranking official and no nothing like no nobody got to it I mean we yep. played other stuff like pop songs not even our own stuff I've been played in Oman high enough and um, uh, what's that what's that one called um Say a little prayer, Aretha Franklin. Like, and yellow no, is cold like no red flags. No, yeah, no red flags. No thing whatsoever. So, I like if I were if you were if 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 I knew any better, I'd say like there's not much policing going on there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. Like you, you, you know, until midnight, you were burning the midnight oil with Adin right next to you. You guys are riding this course, mm-hmm. and like. Huh? Somebody might just come and sue us, and yeah, I'm just like, nah. I, I I don't know. I just uh, I always wondered how it actually works when it comes to claiming this version of the song for yourself, mm-hmm. because I know that remastering is a whole different ballgame, which uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure Christina can enlighten us on. But that mm-hmm. mindset of don't worry about it, we won't get caught. I feel like that's something that we should uh, delve into as well. What do you think, Christina? Yeah, okay. First thing first, I, I have a lot to say about what you are saying. We're going to get roasted. <laughs> <laughs> You're making the right man, exactly. It's for the government. And as you say, the government needs to do all the clearance because right now, it's, uh, it's kind of like, if we say, by the law, you are doing a label, label work. You're being paid to do what you do, to do the mm-hmm. arrangement. You do not touch mm-hmm. on the clearance uh clearance thing or anything that is their side which mm-hmm. supposedly yeah the government need to do the clearance mm-hmm. and like you say it's a pyramid song currently pyramid song is still not a public domain so there's still a collection being collected uh for any pyramid song and 
-hmm. And some of Pyramid songs, uh, there's also A.R. Compel, who who uh, co-composer or co-author with the song. And mm -hmm. actually, A.R. Compel is under us. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so that's a big no-no. <laughs> that's a big no-no. <laughs> right now, we are fighting to get our share of A.R. Compel. So when you mentioned that, yeah, that that is not your fault because it's the government, like you say before. Mm -hmm. You perform at RTM and all, and you worry that if you're gonna get any red flag or you're gonna get caught or something, it's because you perform there. You are a performer. You are being mm -hmm. paid to perform. Mm -hmm. The the are uh, the one who the, the organizer of the event or the show is the one who should be making the clearance. That's why you haven't uh got any notice or or all because it's not your fault. But the yeah. organizer. Right now, I'm pretty sure sooner or later they will they will start getting a hello hello from us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why you are hearing like there's no police around, right? Actually, the police the police in the music publishing are trying to growing. That's why I say we are growing. We are starting to take a note. Uh, right now, every time if Shopee started to make a concert, we look oh got our song hello you didn't get any experience okay uh, something like that so. Oh, okay. Sorry, I mentioned Shopee. Okay. For no, example, no, it, it, it's fine. It's just <laughs> on all platforms. And it's true, you know, it's true. Like, you could have said, like, uh, TikTok has an, a collaboration or whatever, like, uh, the big names in YouTube. Yeah. But it's like, you mentioned Shopee, and it's like, it took me a second. Like, actually, it's true. They actually do call big names to promote their stuff. And they do have to. That's, that shows, like, the, the amount of success. Anyways, keep going. Yeah. They they gain they gain viewer they gain um they gain people who gonna buy on their apps so it's kind of like they are gaining money from the concert so why can't they make a clearance for the payment because as we know when a composer making a song or a musical work they don't get paid for that so the royalty is actually the gift royalty is actually their money so yeah <laughs> that's what I mean that's why we are so fighting about getting the clearance and getting the royalties and all yeah. Okay, thank you so much for uh, both of your thoughts. That actually really helps. Now, let me get to a very personal question. Simple, but personal question. Based on both of your personal opinions, the personal thoughts, is this important? Hmm. Is it well, important? I, I mean, like, on, on Arman's side, is it important to actually, you know, like... Uh, encourage people to pay to perform like i wanna tomorrow i wanna perform piramli song so i gotta plan i gotta put aside five thousand ringgit and uh to actually because it's good and it uh encourages the moving that 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 completion of music circle in the malaysia mm -hmm. but on christina's side is that actually good even though it might deter people like i want to put on performance uh volunteer performance for people who never had uh, opportunity to listen to this music live oh no I don't have that 5,000 ringgit too bad so what are your mm. thoughts Mom? where can I find 5,000 ringgit that's the first thing you have to <laughs> exactly, worry about exactly <laughs> exactly my point it's not that much <laughs> oh, okay actually that should be a okay. better question like how much is it actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, then let me make it clear first um, it depends it depends on what platform what geometry are you using is it if you're gonna upload it on YouTube, will you be using it, reveal it to the global or only on Malaysia? Is it a platform, a concert? Where where will it be uh performed and all? Is 
it depends. The cost depends on the thing, how big the event. Do you gain any income from the event, for example, like that? Like we say, there's a lot of people doing covers on YouTube, but maybe the the YouTube channel was not popular enough. I was not, I won't say popular enough. Do not have enough subscribers to monetize anything. So that person do not gain anything. We don't really bother that that uh, that type of people who are using. But when they are using and gaining money from it, that is where they should be making a payment to the writer. Like you say, is it important? If you are a composer, during you compose, okay, if you are a singer-songwriter, this is very different. If you are a singer-songwriter, you compose a song, you say, and you might gain from doing the concert, you might gain money from doing the recording of the song, but if you're only an author, I would say, you're only an author, you only write the song with no money being paid before that, then when the song comes out, where the song being performed is your your is right. your musical work. So you should be yeah, if you're right, you should be getting the payment for that. So yeah, like actually it's do not cost that much. If for example, I've asked before, I say that I want to do a new arrangement. Okay. Then she already said, okay, that's already cut off the the master recording. I do not have to get clearance for that because I'm doing a new arrangement, not the recording one. Okay. Then I already touch the publishing side. Then I ask, oh, I want to perform live. Uh, is it like something that collect money? Like, do you is it a concert? No, it's only we are performing for fun, something like that. Not really. It's only like performing, but a not private any money. A private event. A private. Event. No, that there's no cost. There's no clearance to be made there. It's fine. But when it's a concert, yeah, there's some some clearance needs to be. But the clearance, it's uh depends on the publisher and the songwriter. Something just go, it can go. Uh, as uh, some nice publisher, <laughs> they will just how many how many is your budget? They will look at your budget first. Oh, so how big is the event? Okay, if you Google at it, okay, we can go with like this. As long as there's only the clearance, uh, some uh sorry, they are very kind enough to let it go as free, but that is not the thing that we want to uh encourage. encourage yeah, that's not something that we want to occur encourage. So if that like the sorry to say that. Or if fine, just give them for free. We will at least do a bit of payment, like just just something, something, some payment, a little bit of payment, just to yes. make it show that there's a clearance. Because we need to be fair for under a publisher. If one of our storyteller give it for free, but the other storyteller need the money, so it's mm. already right. You see, so we need to make it fair for all yeah. for all storyteller in the publisher's house. Yeah, mm -hmm. so. Oh, of course, if for the question that you asked, does it matter? I'm for me representing all my writers. Yeah, it's very important. It's very matter. Yeah. So, how about you, Armin? Um. Well, I have I have not gone through the experience of being a composer songwriter yet. I merely, I merely make I, I make a living out of other people's songs by arranging it. Like my my only my strength at the moment is just arranging. So, at this point yeah i do feel there is some importance to legitimizing and acknowledging uh music legally because if i mean malaysia is on the way there and that's a, definitely a vital step we should take otherwise um music whether mainstream or niche it may not foster a great importance as it would in the us or in other western countries yeah, yeah. 
so long as I can still earn. <laughs> yeah, and and so long as the music is actually shared, because this yes. is the this is the difficult thing. I mean, like you know, if you are viewing this, ladies and gentlemen, if you are viewing this episode or you're listening to this episode as a as a general audience, you would think that actually, yeah, it people need to be paid. If I draw this thing and I give it to Arman. And the Arman just says like, oh, I'm just going to use this for a public performance and Bobby's not going to get anything. And then you say like, yeah, it's, I, I should get paid. That's totally fair. But at the same time, if that keeps happening, the reason I ask you guys is, mm-hmm. if that keeps happening, we're going to have a future whereby I don't want to be a musician because it takes uh, a, a lot of um, financial upstart. I mean, like, Let's let's not play around. You guys, you both know you play violin and you play saxophone, uh, in the, mm-hmm. uh, respectively. You guys know how much instruments cost. Now oh, imagine yeah. the amount, the additional amount to actually pay for, uh, license, and mm-hmm. to pay. Uh, it's already expensive to pay for uh, a public event or whatever. Licensing is another cost to think about as a musician. Now, Aman, just a. As a tiny uh, add add on to that question. What if you're on okay. the other side? What if you in, made a song, and then uh, 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 I have a band and I want to perform songs by Arman Malik Production? Okay. Well, if if you've well, for for me to well for me to sue you, I would ha- actually have to um, have proof that you've performed it. Well, I can't I can't sue you on grounds where you're performing it live and it goes unrecorded but if you're putting out a video like let's say and then claiming it i mean but you don't claim it to be yours like whether you claim it to be your work or not i would still yeah i could only i could only pursue that on um if you were to put something up on youtube or on social media because at least there there's a more consistent platform i can still you know or or on a streaming service there it's yeah. it's much easier to police yeah and it's totally fair but my my question is if you have made a song this song called fried chicken and i'm just uh-huh. playing this and and people are like oh did you pay for the license nah don't worry about it he's a friend of mine oh yeah no no uh, that's, yeah. That, 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 that that's that's not cool <laughs> yeah so <laughs> at that time like if that happens in like 5 to 10 years uh if i ask uh-huh. you the same question do you think it matters? Would at that point in time, do you think you change your mind and say like, oh, re- and you realize that you're on the receiving end of the uh, the consequences? Mm, yeah, yeah, I'd say that. I I would I would definitely have that mind have that in mind and have that um perspective come to understand that perspective. Okay, so now now that we've established that. And uh, you know those those grounds. End of the day, it's just a mindset thing. If you mm-hmm. appreciate, um, not, we're not you know encouraging the, for this whatsoever. But if you encourage, if you appreciate, uh, for example, some movies, some films, some series, uh, to a high standard, you would pay for the subscriptions of those accounts. Yep. But then. On the flip side, we do have this mindset whereby if we can pirate it, why not just pirate it? You know, and it happens more often than not. It happens to not mm-hmm. just 
you got I'm I'm not going to go on record saying that I do, but it happens. The general public, it, it does happen at least in and in, in Malaysia. So if we can change that mindset, don't you think this there will be a higher level of synergy between this jazz side and the publishing side, the jazz performance and the publishing side, so that eventually jazz can in fact be mainstream music, pop music? Yeah. It can be. So you're saying, um, wait, so you're, you're trying to tell me that if we get the legalities of music publishing and recording um, sorted out, essentially, uh, essentially codified in like in local parliament and Malaysian law, it would bring about, um, it would make, it would make jazz more mainstream. Is that what you're saying? Uh, uh, when you put it that way, it sounds quite iffy because mm-hmm. then the the priority sounds like I want to make money from doing the music rather than I want to mm. play the music first and foremost. I want to solo how I want to solo. But if you mm. think about it, if one day we do get to that point where uh, you're doing popular music, you're doing whatever kind of popular music and then you sample it, you have to pay a certain fee. But if you're mm. a jazz player, there is, um, I don't know, an updated... Uh, uh, fine line to the copyright side in 1987 mm-hmm. for jazz genre music you still have to pay but it's yep. less I mean upon agreement uh, because mm-hmm. like you said it's not I don't want to uh, I don't want to plan to solo this song by Amal Mandi but I just feel like right here mm-hmm. right now in this split second I should do that Yeah, and then later on I would tell my agent hey uh, can you just like pass five bucks to Aman Malik guys? But you know, would, would yeah. that actually be it's sort uh... of in kind? I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, it's a nice little token. It does. It does. Not everything has to go through paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at, at least in that sense, the music, the circle of musicians, the songwriters, mm-hmm. uh, sampling the other songwriters' work, and all, all those performers everybody gets a cut and everybody gets not all the, not only their economic rights are practiced, but their moral rights. Like, mm-hmm. why'd you solo yeah. that? Oh, that's from my friend and I, you know, settled everything with him. But mm-hmm. I played that because in the heat of the moment, I realized that it works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, yeah. Okay. Any, any thoughts on this? Like, uh, uh, well, it would encourage us to play more original come up with more original ideas and it it definitely it can definitely encourage original music making or i can always steal from someone else (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) but the one you say just now is the recording one right Mm. yeah i think it's possible just to yeah but from the paper side It'd be better if the name of the just the share wasn't supposed to be big. If you can give a composer share of one percent, that's already fine to the one to the friends that you you are you are supporting. I would say yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, to be honest, like one percent, one percent sounds a little when it's compared in in a percentage, but like one yeah. percent of like a million ringgit, 
it's it's quite a you bit. can even give zero point zero one percent fine it's on yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but i i i i think when you when you mention about the the paperwork side i would just think like 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 you said it's this one line it's just yeah. this one line so it is you can consider as buying a sample for that as in like buy off something. There's a word of buy off which is like they're totally buying the thing and then they collect mm -hmm. the thing. So they call the variety belongs to them. So you can make a deal of buy off with the person. Usually the buy off should be higher. But in this case, if it's your friend and he's an agreement from both sides, I think it's fine. Mm. Well, that's a whole other discussion. Like you create your libraries, like you meet 50 different musicians. You say I want to buy yeah. ten lines from it, so you have a library of five hundred melodies. What What if you could? What if like I, it's just a suggestion. What if you could do like what if you could have the rights to quote materials from an existing artist? Like it's like basically issue a license where you can quote, um, or yeah, essentially quote musical ideas from it from another artist that he has conceived or published in the past five years. Or like essentially you have to renew it. Like let's say in the next five, like from anything that he composes from from the start of his um from his first works until now, like like let's say for five years you can use his stuff. But then once that that's expired, you have to renew it only for you to continue using it's a subscription. The guy's works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Subscription. Mm -hmm. But the complicated. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That, that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, if, if it comes down to paperwork, it I actually did realize this that I'm not only quoting from this one guy just because you're my friend. I have, you know, um, musicians being musicians. We have uh, a history of performing. We have all these songs stuck, stuck in our, all these lines, all these light motifs, all these uh, melodies stuck in our heads. And we can't like, I mean, depends on our agents how, how mm. hardworking they are. Like, oh, okay, today, this talent quoted from 14 different people. I got to call up these 14 different... If it's like uh. seven of them are from one agency, seven of them from another agency. In Malaysia, it's quite simple because it's MACP. So they have 95% yep. market share. So uh, like 95% mm. of the time, it's uh, the talent uh, like signed under them. But if it's like, uh. like underground... Uh, that uh, artist and you gotta like call up these people and just like I I don't know it's you know what I mean right Christina like it's, it's <laughs> but the thing you guys been saying about courting and soloing and all isn't that usually the soloing part is usually the instrument player part right mm. it's the mm -hmm. the instrument player being courting that thing right like I say like if if that but actually give me one one example of song that I know yeah. <laughs> A simple one. A simple one. Oh, jazz. Uh, yeah. Go from Ipanema. Go from. Yep, exactly. Sing the melody. Oh. Da, 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 da. Go okay. from Ipanema. Go okay. That's the melody, right? Mm -hmm. So that is the main melody of the song. So whatever happened behind it is, a, is already considered an arrangement. So when the solo is also can be considered as arrangement. So if you're quoting all mm. of these things during the solo, it's called an, kind of like arrangement. So it is fine. It's not that there is no um. plagiarism or copyright being made on that mm -hmm. because it can only cause it's like da 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 da. Yesterday, 
Suddenly you you are singing that song. Okay, that can be can be considered as plagiarism. But if it's in on the instrument line, when there's actually a main melody line on the song, so the instrument is already can be considered as the arrangement. So mm-hmm. I would say the things that you're quoting on the solo part is already can be considered as arrangement. Ah, I believe okay. that it's from my understanding from what I learned. But I'm sorry if I said it wrong or something because jazz is not really uh obviously not my forte. And jazz mm. is not really being uh, known in Malaysia yet, so mm. this this complica- complication have never been occurred or been questioned before. Okay. So yeah, but we, okay. what usually we say the instrument line in the, in a song that have a main melody line, the instrument line is already considered mm. as the arrangement. Okay, so what you're saying is, I can't be sued if I. If I use an existing harmonic framework, meaning I can, meaning as long as you can, distort it, yeah, as long as I distort it, or if I just detune it down by a few cents, like you know, yeah. So that just blows the door wide open for twelve notes. <laughs> yeah, achieve that's in that, yeah. So essentially, yeah. So what I'm saying is, I I I can't get sued for for changing up or borrowing borrowing accompaniment. It's just The it's just melodies and all that. The melodic melodic lines are sort of sacred ground there. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. the line I can't cross. Okay, yeah. <laughs> all right. So I think it's really safe for the musician because musician usually plays the arrangement and like yeah, we we do have the melody at the behind, right? The one mm-hmm. usually happen in the jazz jazz music or actually most music also. But yeah, as long as there actually a main melody line. Which usually being led by the singer and all, all the back, all the middle and the back is already considered as arrangement, so it's fine. So actually, it's not ah. a risk for the musicians. I think, yeah. Good, 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 good. <laughs> <laughs> that's another. That, that's another project already. So yeah, so that's what we are discussing. It's kind of nice how we are talking about jazz and mainstream music, but yeah, uh, with current current situation in Malaysia right now. They are not really opening yet. I I'm, I'm not sure yet or what. Uh, to jazz, but I I really hope that jazz uh music will start to grow and develop in one in the mainstream uh industry music industry in Malaysia. But yeah, that's what I hope hoping for. Yeah, see more on the platform on any distribution platform more of a jazz music. Hoping for original jazz music from uh Malaysian composer or and all. Yeah. So, how about you, Armin? Well, um, there's this there's this movement movement going on since the beginning of the year. Um, I'm not sure if you heard about this. It's the Malaysian Real Book Project, where yep, yep, um, yep. yeah, yeah. So that's I believe it's sponsored or co-run by uh, KLPAC or the guys over at WVC Trio. Tayshus Young, he's kind of uh, spearheading that project, right? If yeah. I'm, if my memory serves me right. Yeah. So. What I, the way I see it for that is that's something that I want to get on board and try and push over push when I go back overseas to do my studies. So when I want to, if I want to, if I would perform, um, like bring a band, I want to push and market that not commercially, but essentially have it um in have it pushed and advertised in um the jazz community like at large, especially in the United Kingdom. So. Um, I'm hoping 
that can be a cat that can serve as a platform and a catalyst for jazz mu- for jazz music to reach a sort of it ha- like for Malaysia to develop its own repertoire, uh, its own scene. Essentially, we're not simply playing exported goods. We're actually developing upon what we have already, what our artists and musicians have already come up with. So hopefully, with that, that can set off, um, that can set off a development pace that can rap, that can rapidly change of um, the speed of music development in Malaysia. Just like we have our own, essentially, we have our own jazz standards. Like mm-hmm. we have Piramli, but then we also have guys coming in, not just local artists, but we also have um, we also have Patrick. Pat- I believe Patrick Turbrack also has some songs in the real book. I'm waiting for my copy. It's taking a while for it to be published, for for them to get the licensing and published. So as soon as it's out, I'm gonna be like making arrangements out of that and just performing it as soon as I can. Yeah. Mm. So that was very well said by both of you guys, uh, especially with the hope of where we're going from here, here on out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, just letting you know, if you are curious about um, uh, the Malaysian real book that Arman mentioned, you can check out one of the earlier episodes that I actually talked to Lee Peng, Lim Lee Peng, that works very closely with uh, Michael Verapan, and she's also part of the community that works on collecting the scores and, and um, uh, finalizing the whole uh, real book so if you are if you are interested you can check it out so uh, Christina Aman thank you so much for hanging out today and sharing your thoughts uh, no worries it, it, it does have to be mentioned that the concept of mainstream music first and foremost has to be widely accepted widely consumed by media uh, it's, it's mainstream because everybody wants it and especially in today's culture, we do suffer from I mean, the next generation uh, suffers from uh, FOMO. Uh, we are missing out. So the, uh, the, the idea is that mainstream anything, if you miss out on it, uh, you, that, that fear is you missing out on whatever is mainstream. So uh, mm-hmm. jazz isn't really there yet. But the idea that we're talking about is before we go to that mainstream platform, we have to first cross this hurdle. So thank you so much for delving into this topic with us today. We hope you have a, you had an amazing time listening to this episode. If you do have any questions relating to the topic we talked about, you can just send us an email and we'll get back to you real quick. So until the next episode, my name is Bobby Rose and thank you so much. See ya.